we're starting a new sermon series called Refreshing. I believe that it's time for a refreshing. Refreshing of our minds, refreshing of our hearts, refreshing of our souls. The years 2020 and 2021 have been and gone And I don't know how the last two years might have been for you. For some of us, it was probably hard and one of the most unbearable couple of years. For some of us, it may have been great and awesome. Uh, For some of us, the last two years have probably just left you feeling stuck. When is this all going to end? When is COVID going to end? First it was Delta, now it's Omicron. It just seems to get really exhausting and tiring trying to keep track of what's going on. Perhaps many of us have found ourselves just absolutely stuck in patterns of working or thinking or stressing. Patterns that were never the way that we operated before COVID came along. But now we're just feeling stuck, so we need a refreshing. We're feeling tired, so we need a refreshing. We're feeling a bit lost, and so we need a refreshing. Refresh means to return to a state of being fresh, being rejuvenated, being replenished. God created you and designed you to live from a place of being refreshed. Not a place of being stuck, not a place of being tired, not a place of being lost, but a place of being refreshed. But we can get stuck in fear and stuck stress uh, and stuck in disappointment and stuck in anger. So we need to be refreshed. It's time to be refreshed. Let's encourage ourselves with the word of God. Uh, Exodus 15 verse 27, I'm reading from the King James Version. It says this, and they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and three score and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. This portion of scripture is part of a traveling narrative of the children of Israel's journey from Egypt all the way to Sinai. The children of Israel have been dwelling in Egypt for over 400 years. And so in Exodus chapter 1, we read that there were a great number of Israelites living in Egypt. In fact, They multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and they filled the land. One day, a new ruler of Egypt came into power and he decided that he was going to try and stop the people of Israel from growing. And so the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. In Exodus chapter 1, it says that they appointed brutal slave drivers over them. They tried to wear them down with crushing labor. They even forced them to build cities of Pidim and Ramses. Israel was in great bondage. Israel was in slavery. Israel was in captivity. And the Bible says that the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. Their cry for help went up to God and God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so God looked on the Israelites and he was concerned about them. The story goes on to say that God raised up a man by the name of Moses and he led the people of Israel out of Egypt. After many plagues struck the land of Egypt, the Pharaoh or the ruler of Egypt, he finally decided to let the Israelites go. Now in Exodus chapter 14, we come to the climactic moment where Israel have left Egypt. They've camped in a place where God instructed them to, but now word gets back to the ruler of Egypt and suddenly he has changed his mind. He commands all of his armies and all of his troops and all of his men to go after the Israelites. The Bible says that they eventually catch up to where the Israelites were camped and the Israelites began to panic. They've got Pharaoh behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. They had nowhere else to go. 
And so they began to cry to Moses and say, what have you done, Moses? Why have you brought us out here? Uh, Why did you make us leave Egypt? Have you brought us out here to die? And so Moses cries out to God and God instructs Moses to take his staff, raise his hands over the Red Sea. And the moment he did that, the Lord opened up a path through the water and the people of Israel were able to cross to the other side. Now, the Egyptians, they chased the Israelites right into the middle of the waters. And once the Israelites got to the other side, the Bible says that the waters came crashing down and covered all of the Egyptians who were in the middle of the sea. Not a single one of them survived. And it's there where I would like to pick up the story for us this morning. The Israelites have passed through the Red Sea. That's an important detail there because one of the meanings of water that you will see all throughout the Bible is that water is symbolic of salvation. You see, as the Israelites were on their journey to freedom, they come to the Red Sea and there is salvation there. God steps in and he parts the waters. Not only that, but there are three other locations on the journey where they made a stop and continued to see the salvation of the Lord. The first stop was Mara, second stop was Elam, and the third stop was Rephidim. Each of these locations are quite significant because as Israel journeys through these places, you will find that the recurring theme or the pattern has to do with water. The recurring theme or pattern of this travel narrative is salvation. And so I need you to understand That salvation is not a one-time life event. Salvation is a continual journey. It's a lifelong process of being shaped and being molded and being transformed into the people that God wants us to be. And so Israel, they don't just pass through the waters of the Red Sea and are saved forever. No, they come through the Red Sea and then they came to Mara where the waters were bitter. And then they came to Elam where they, were, where they would have received refreshing waters. And then they came to Rephidim where a miracle had to happen in order for them to receive water. The recurring pattern has to do with water. It has to do with salvation. Everybody say salvation. Amen. My message title for us today is this, place of refreshing. Place of refreshing. My first point for us this morning is, and they came to Elam, and they came to Elam. But I want to put emphasis on that phrase, and they came. This phrase is progressive, and they they came. This phrase is communicating the fact that there is movement happening. Israel is moving towards something. They are not stagnated or stuck in Egypt. They've moved from Egypt towards Mara, towards Elam, towards Rephidim. But before we get to speaking about Mara or Rephidim or Elam, I need you to understand that you can't begin to start thinking about the waters of Mara or the mana on the way to Rephidim or the cool shade, the breeze and the waters of Elam. You can't even begin to talk about any of these places until you can get yourself out of Egypt. It's going to take a conscious decision to get up, pack your bags and leave Egypt because the truth is Egypt was where it was at. If you were going to move somewhere to get a good start in life at the time of this passage, I'm telling you, it would have been Egypt. Egypt would have been the place. You see, the thing that gets me every time about this travel narrative is the fact that at this point in history, 
Egypt was actually a spectacular place. Egypt was a place of so much splendor. You had everything that you probably wanted and needed in Egypt. Egypt has plenty there. There's an abundance of food there. There's an abundance of drink there. There's so much wealth there and so many riches there. Egypt had some of the most spectacular and awe-inspiring palaces and pyramids. The economy would have been booming at the time. But here's the thing. Even though Egypt was beautiful in all of its splendor, the Israelites were being held captive there. Israel is being oppressed and being worn down with crushing labor in a land that's meant to be bountiful and plentiful. Israel is being worked like a slave in a land shimmering with gold and spectacular structures. Israel is bound in a land that they were meant to dwell in peacefully alongside the Egyptians. Yes, it was a phenomenal empire at the height of its reign. Yes, it was a land of great wealth and riches. Yes, it was a strong force, but the Israelites are living in bondage there. Have you ever felt like that sometimes? Have you ever felt like you were in a place where everything seemed to be abundant? Ever felt like you were in a place where everything seemed to be plenty and bountiful and fruitful? You look around you and you see the money coming in. Your savings is going up. You've got the house. You've got the car. You've got the dream job. You've got the friendships and the relationships. You've got it all. But somehow you feel like you are being weighed down by the pressure to keep making the money to keep up the appearances. You're being weighed down by the pressure to have the latest car and the latest iPhone and the latest gear because you've begun to find your self-worth in that which you own. You're being weighed down by the pressure to hold on to relationships and friendships that are deeply wounding and cutting to the core because you feel like nobody else is going to be there when they're gone. And so you make excuses for the hurt. You make excuses for the pain that they cause you. You make excuses for the fact that they only call you when they need something from you. But hey, if it means I've got to have friends, I get to have friends, then I'll keep on holding to the unhealthy friendships and relationships. You're living in this land that looks like abundance. It looks like fruitfulness. It looks like plenty. But there isn't any satisfaction or peace or love there. And so you find yourself feeling under a lot of pressure. You're finding yourself feeling bound. You're finding yourself feeling like you're being held captive. The Lord brought me here today to tell you, you were not created for slavery that's masked by pretty places. You were not created for slavery that's masked by pretty places. Everything that shimmers is not gold. You weren't created for a life of slavery that's masked by the glitter and the shimmering lights. You weren't created for Egypt. Egypt is not your destination because the truth is no amounts of diamonds or pearls, no amounts of wealth or luxury, no spectacular place is ever going to be enough if your soul is enslaved, if your soul is in bondage, if your soul is in captivity. And so we can't even begin to talk about the rest or shade or replenishing or being refreshed until you are ready to pick yourself up, pack your bags and get on up and out of Egypt. You see, this passage is not for the faint of heart. This passage is not for the person who is kind of wanting to leave Egypt, but kind of not. This passage isn't for the person who is wanting to know what the options are. No, this passage is for the person who is saying, I'm done. I can't deal with no pressure to keep on pretending. I can't deal with no unhealthy relationships and friendships. This passage is for the person who is saying, what is the point of having all of this and feeling like my soul is bound? If that's you, then you need to get up and out 
of Egypt. Don't be fooled by the lights. Don't be fooled by the money. Don't be fooled by the grandeur of the place because what it's really masking is slavery and bondage of the soul. You see, the Israelites were in bondage and slavery. But here's the good news. And they came. There's movement happening. And they came. They've drawn a line in the sand and they are saying, I'm not just going to stay here in Egypt. And they came. They're realizing their potential. And they came. They're realizing what they were created for. And so they leave Egypt and they come to the first stop, Mara. Mara means bitter. They've been walking for days and they are thirsty. And the problem uh, was that the water in Mara is bitter, so they can't even drink from it. And so the Israelites start to complain to Moses and Moses cries to God. God shows Moses a piece of wood. Moses takes the wood and he throws it into the water and suddenly the water is healed and it's become drinkable. And the Israelites have experienced firsthand a miracle of the Lord. God is trying to let Israel know, I've got you. Just continue to obey my commands. Continue to follow my instructions. Keep on moving because I'm the God who is going to heal you. They leave Mara and they came to Elam. They are still moving. Elam means palm trees. Elam is this idea of refreshment. Now, the thing about Elam is that there's no miracle there. There's no miracle happening at Elam. All we know is that there are 12 springs and 70 palm trees. The significance of the numbers 12 and 70 in the Bible is that they are numbers which are symbolic of completion, wholeness, and perfect spiritual order. And so Elam is this idea of perfect wholeness. Israel come out of Egypt, then they come to the Red Sea, then they come to Marah, then they came to Elam, a place created specifically just for their refreshment. We don't know how long they are there in Elam for, but all we know is that they came to Elam. They leave Elam, and then they come to this place called Rephidim. Rephidim means to stay or to rest. And at Rephidim, the people of Israel can't find any water again. And so they begin to contend. They begin to complain. They begin to quarrel with Moses. And so Moses goes to God. God instructs Moses to go out to the rock at Horeb, strike the rock, and the water will come out. He does just as the Lord instructs him. And again, Israel experienced firsthand another miracle of the Lord. Moses then calls his place Masa, which means quarrel, and Meribah, which means to test. You see, there would not have been a Red Sea or a Mara or an Elam or a Rephidim if there had not been a decision to get up and out of Egypt. Israel would not have experienced the saving hand of God at the Red Sea. They would not have known God to be the healer at Mara. They wouldn't have known what it meant to be refreshed at Elam. They would not have seen the miracle at Rephidim if they did not make the decision to leave Egypt. If they did not make the decision to leave Egypt. But I'm thankful to God for the and they came moments in the story. Let me encourage you this morning. Don't forfeit the miracles. Don't forfeit the opportunities. Don't forfeit what God has for you in 2022 by choosing to stay in Egypt. Choose not to stay stuck in bondage and fear and disappointment. Choose not to stay stuck in anger because to stay in Egypt is to be less than who you were created to be. You need to get up and get out of Egypt. My prayer 
is that just like the Israelites, you too, church, would have an and they came moment in 2022. Moments of movement and propelling forward. Moments of supernatural motion where you are stepping into new levels of faith, stepping into new levels of knowledge and understanding of God's word, new levels of leadership, new levels of influence. You had a difficult and challenging 2021, but I prophesy and they came. That means you're moving forward. You're letting go of what was and laying hold of what's to come. You've been stressed out with pandemic, with the pandemic and struggling with fear, but I prophesy and they came. That means that you're moving forward. You're stepping away from stress and stepping out of partnership with the spirit of fear and stepping into faith. You've been worried about the future, but I declare and decree and they came. That means that you're moving forward. Instead of worry, you're going to worship your way into the future. You've been waiting and waiting and wondering when you were going to see God come through, to, through for you. I declare, and they came. That means that you're moving forward. You're not just updating your CV. You're sending in your application now. You're not just praying for the miracle baby. You're preparing your body to carry the baby. And they came speaks of movement. And they came speaks of of motion. Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't know about you, but I'm moving. <laughs> oh, I love it. Here's my second point. My second point for us this morning is this. And they encamped by the water. All throughout this travel narrative, Israel is always camping next to the waters. They camp near the Red Sea. They camp near the water in Mara. They camp near uh, the water in Elam. There seems to be a constant camping next to the waters in all of these places. Let me ask you this. Who are you or who or what are you camped next to this year? You see, because it's one thing to find the place. It's one thing to find the Mara and the Elam and the Rephidim. But it's another thing to pitch your tent and camp near the water. You can be at Elam, the place of refreshing, but not be refreshed if you're not camped near the water. Because the truth is, it's actually not about the place. Because it doesn't matter if the place is called Mara, or Elam, or Rephidim, or Life Church, or Equippers, or Elam Manudua, or Elam Botany, it was never about the place, it was about the water. Because the reason the place is refreshing is because the water is there. I don't want you to come to church this year camping next to the coffee machine. <laughs> I don't want you to come to church camping next to the chats and the laughs and the cake in between the services. I don't want you to come to church this year camping next to your best friend or the pastor or the leader. Don't come because the music is good. Don't come because you think the services are quick and fast and you can get out quickly. But come because you want to camp next to the water. Don't get me wrong, all of those things are great too. I love that we have a cafe and we can connect together as a church family. I love that we can have a good laugh and conversations and have a good feed in between services. I love that we get to serve alongside each other. But don't let those things be the main reason that you come to church. Because no matter how, how much we try to zush our, our program uh, and our services, it's not the program or the singing or the preaching that's going to sustain you. It's the water. You see, all throughout this story, this travel narrative, we see something absolutely important. We see that God's promise is this, I will give you water to drink. Whether you are in Mara where the water is bitter, God is saying, I will show up and heal the waters so that you can drink. 
Whether you are in the wilderness, God is saying, I will give you refreshing waters in Elam. Whether you are in Rephidim, and it seems like there's no water anywhere at all, God is saying, I'm going to show up and draw the waters so that you may drink. All we have to do is go looking for the water and camp there. And if you're still struggling to understand what do you mean by look for the water, what I'm wanting you to do is go looking for Jesus. Because where Jesus is, there you will find refreshing. Where Jesus is, there you will find water for your soul. Where Jesus is, there you will find nourishment. There you will find healing. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Are you thirsty this morning, church? Have you been walking through the scorched, dry place of a pandemic? Are you tired? Do you need shade? Let me encourage you. Camp near the water because where the water is, there you will find nourishment. There you will find rest. There you will find refreshment. You see, the Israelites should have learned from the parting of the Red Sea because what really happened there when God parted the Red Sea was that God was giving them insight into just how much He could do for them if they put their trust and their faith in God. But every time Israel was confronted by a situation with water, they complained, they quarreled, they started to talk negatively. Church, Jesus is the water that never shall run dry. When you pitch your tent and camp near the water, you will never be affected by what's happening in your surrounding. When everyone else is carrying bitterness because of past hurts, when they're carrying bitterness because of what he said or she said or they said, when everyone else is complaining because the well that they came to draw from doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like, when everyone is living with disappointment and fear and despair, you can still have peace. You can still have joy. You can still have faith. You can still have courage. Why? Because you know that there is a fountain of living water that shall never run dry. A fountain of living water, a rock of ages. He is the good shepherd. He is the word. He is the bread of life. He is the true vine. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Christ. His name is Jesus. You see, this message series that we've just started is all about being refreshed. And you know what? It can be really easy for me to give you four steps to feeling refreshed. I can give you the three strategies of living a refreshed life. I can give you the 10 steps uh, to reaching the place of refreshing. But the truth is, it's not the location of the place that makes it refreshing. It's not a state of, that's acquired through human effort. It's not even the materials that are used to build the place that make it refreshing. What makes it refreshing is the presence of the Creator Himself. What I'm trying to help you see this morning, church, is that God's promise to give Israel water and rest and nourishment, it wasn't based on what they could do. It wasn't based on their attitude. Even though the Israelites complained about the water being bitter in Marah, even though the Israelites complained about there being no water in Rephidim, guess what? God continued to show up. And when God showed up, the Red Sea became a walkway to the other side. When God showed up, the bitter waters became sweet. When God showed up, Israel got to enjoy a prepared blessing in Elam. When God showed up, water from the rock flowed. And so I don't want you to be mistaken this year, church. I don't want you to continue to attend church with an obstinate mentality. I don't want you to continue doing church like you did in 2020 and 2021. 
as we come back to church, my prayer is that we would let church, uh, that we would let church not be about our preference, but more about his presence. Let church not be about what we want, but more about God's will. Let church not be about our gifts, but more about God's glory. Whenever you start to feel like you need refreshing, draw close to Jesus, the living water. Draw closer to him through prayer, through worship, through the reading of his word, through fellowship. Because you see, as we bring ourselves closer to the water, as we camp near the water and drink from the water, we will continue to be refreshed from the inside out. And so when the tough times come, when persecution comes, when trials come our way, we can continue to walk through those seasons knowing that we are refreshed not by our external circumstances, but by the living water himself. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, let's pray. God, we thank you that you are the living water. Jesus, we camp ourselves near the water and we bring ourselves and we just pitch our tents this year near the water. God, we thank you for your word that's reminded us this morning, Lord, that it, it's not about a place, Lord, but it's about your presence. Lord, that when you step into a room and when you show up, Lord, that which is bitter becomes sweet. That's, that which is full of fear, Lord, is filled with faith. And so we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Lord, we walk into 2022, Lord, with such a faith, Lord, and we say today, God, that we put our faith and our trust in you. Lord, give us the courage. Give us the peace to be able to walk through the season, Lord, unafraid. We thank you, Lord, that you are close to us. You are close to those who are brokenhearted, oh Lord. And so, Lord, we just continue to bring ourselves to the water once again, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you are not a God who will disappoint, that, Lord, you are faithful to keep your word. Lord, that the same word that you've spoken so many years ago, Lord, is the same word that you are speaking to us today. And so we have faith and we can trust your word, Lord. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We never like to close our service without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so maybe you're in the room today and maybe it's your first time or maybe you've 